This episode of the My Latin Life podcast is brought to you by BitRefill. BitRefill is the best way to spend your crypto in Latin America. Purchase gift cards or mobile refills from more than 3,500 brands in 186 countries instantly, safely, and privately. Visit bitrefill.com for more information. Welcome back to the My Latin Life podcast. Since 2014, My Latin Life has been your trusted guide to traveling and living in Latin America. My guest today is Trevor Green. He's a Canadian who's been living in Mexico. He's an aspiring comedian and was recommended to me as a potential podcast guest from Stephen Steers, who was a previous guest. And so I guess, uh, Trevor, you'll be the third comedian on the podcast. So you got to... Got a lot of weight on your shoulders. We had Steven, we had Ben Bankus, both very funny guys. So uh, Trevor, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So Trevor, um, Steven told me that you guys met in Playa del Carmen about two years ago on the local stand-up comedy circuit there. Um, and I watched some of your comedy and I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I think uh, this gringo in Latin America strain of humor is definitely, there's definitely a lot of material to work with. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know, it's just a different culture, culture shock for me. Uh, so definitely a lot I can work with there. Um, yeah, Playa was cool. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's a great comedy scene, but there's some great people there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I don't know, I just, I love it down there, even though probably career-wise it's not the best for me to be there, but it's it's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. So you're from Thunder Bay, which is a uh, a town in northern Ontario, Canada. Yeah, so, think, so wh- where are you from? Um, I'm I'm kind of anonymous, but... Oh, I, nice. Uh, All I right, never or, mind then. <laughs> scratch that. <laughs> I, I'm, I may or may not be uh, Canadian and American. Okay. I kind of thought you were just from listening to the podcast. I kind of thought you were maybe Canadian <laughs> from my, my twang. Well, if I have, if I have a Canadian accent, you definitely have more of one. I mean, we've definitely had a number of Canadian guests, but I feel like, uh, Oh, like my you, have a, you have a good one. I think mine's more, more concussions than it is a fucking <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey. Hockey. Yeah. Car accidents, all that sort of fun stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, well, where should we get started on the episode? You know, you kind of were telling me that you came down to Mexico by accident, I guess. I'm guessing just went on vacation and decided to stay. Yeah, that was the plan. I mean, that was 2021. So that was, I'd already been through one round of the COVID lockdowns. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get through another one of those. So then uh, I booked a f- booked a flight down because uh, they were going to shut people from leaving Canada if they weren't vaccinated on mm-hmm. like October 31st, something like that. So I was like, OK, that's that's not not what I believe in. So I just uh, I booked a flight to Mexico. I planned to stay for a month. And uh, I don't know. I was just in Tulum. Uh, that was when that was like peak crypto bull run. I thought I was a genius. You know, I turned like, you know, 15 grand into 80. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, watch that go right back down to <laughs> to nothing. But uh, that whole thing was uh, yeah, it was just a culture shock because like 
I don't know if you know anything about Thunder Bay. Uh, most people don't, rightfully so. Um, my, my Mexican friends, they get a kick out of it whenever they meet Canadians. They'll ask them, like, oh, are you from Thunder Bay? Like, just to see the look on their face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's always pretty good. That's but a good yeah, one, it's, yeah. It is, it's fun. But it's like, um, ah, it's just blue-collar, redneck kind of place. And uh, definitely different than the, the, the hippie culture of Tulum. Uh, different than the digital nomad culture of Playa del Carmen. Uh, it was just, uh, I don't know, horizon expanding for me, I guess I'd say. Yeah, it's definitely quite a, a jump. Were you? I, did you like grow up in Thunder Bay, like born and raised? Yeah, born and raised. Never lived in the big city, and then you go to Mexico, and it's a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm terrified of big cities. <laughs> like, I really should be moving down to Toronto like any day now, but I just, I'm afraid to. It's not, it's, I'm just used to the quiet. That was, that was the thing about Mexico is like, it's, it's not quiet. <laughs> it is not quiet. That is true. No. But it's, uh, yeah. Beautiful place, beautiful people. Uh, everyone, like, I mean, small town Canada, super isolated, right? Like it's in Ontario, but everyone's like, oh, how close are you to Toronto? And like uh, about 14 hours, 17 hours, depending on how liberal you are Jeez, with your is speed. That, is that far, eh? Wow. Yeah, because it's like on the, it's like the north tip of Lake Superior. So the closest mm -hmm. big city to us is actually, uh, it's either Winnipeg to the west or Minneapolis to the south. And they're both about seven hours away. So it's uh, real isolated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So people listening to this episode might be like, what am I going to get out of listening to this episode? Well, I think it's cool to just have that fresh set of eyes on what it's like to be an expat in Mexico. You know, of course, the Canadians will probably, you know, identify more with this episode. So we'll talk a bit about that kind of, but because you're a comedian, you have a, a good way of just talking about the cultural differences and stuff like that. So it's kind of good to get that comedian observational lens on thing as well. And just kind of, just kind of laugh about the whole, you know, trials and tribulations of, of a gringo in Latin America, I suppose. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I like I'm an observer by nature, but I for, I don't speak any Spanish. Never never even thought about <laughs> it, <laughs> and I just all of a sudden I'm like, "Hey, mom, and dad, uh, yeah, I'm not coming back home. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever coming back home," <laughs> and uh, you know, made a lot of people nervous. So I don't know if there's anything you're gonna take away from this. It's probably just uh, if you're apprehensive about going to Mexico or giving it a shot, like it's. It's more manageable than you think it is. And what made you decide to stay? I just, uh, I just got along with all the people down there, right? Like it's, it's more, well, with all the digital nomads, it's, everyone's kind of uh, more of a libertarian kind of, kind of point of view of the world. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I appreciate that. Um, and then, I mean, I made a lot of, a lot of friends with a lot of, a lot of Mexicans. I mean, I'm, I do comedy as much as I can, but I mean, I'd still, like I work trades, 
you know, like I'm, I'm not a, a, a digital nomad. Like I don't have that skill set. So it's pretty funny. Like my Mexican friends down there, they'll be like, well, what do you do for work? And I'll be like, oh, I paint houses. I paint commercial buildings. And they're like, wait, so you work like a Mexican in Canada so that you can come to Mexico and live like a Canadian. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> Sounds about right. It, it, well, in terms of the sense that they're probably surprised that working a job like that even makes enough to take six months of vacation. Yeah, that's probably a good point. I don't think it pays much down in Mexico to be painting anything. It is a good gig, though, just because obviously Canada, construction's big, houses are worth a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. So I get yeah. that. Yeah. So you you make your way to Mexico, you're living on savings. Um I guess that's the game plan every winter. Are you doing that again? I guess you were working in Thunder Bay all summer and now you're going to head down to Mexico again, go tear it up on savings. Yep. That's pretty much exactly it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm not going to say that, but I know I just like to, you know, experience it. Um, Yeah. It's, it's cheaper for me to get round trip flight from Toronto to Cancun than it is for me to get, a round trip flight from Thunder Bay to Toronto. So it's really not that hard for me. And I've got friends all over now. I've got friends in Cancun. I've got friends in Mexico city. I've got friends in, uh, Sayulita. I've got friends everywhere that they'll just let me come crash whenever. So I can do it pretty cheap. Um, but yeah, just how easy it is to make lifelong friends down there is pretty awesome. So let's talk about some cultural differences that you've noticed. You know, what, what, what do you think is different about the culture? What do you enjoy about Latin American culture? What kind of, what kind what struck you, um, through experiencing it? Uh, that people are like alive there, you know, <laughs> it's like, especially up here, it's, it's, it's desolate, you know, it's, uh, like I, I come back in in the summer and I look into my friends and family's eyes and I just see just a hollowness, just an absolute hollowness. And I'm just like, damn, that is how tough winter is. And then by the end of the summer, I have that same fucking look and feeling in my eyes. And I'm like, oh, it's not just the winter. It's, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's pretty hopeless up here right now. I'm not going to lie to you. feels like there's more, there's more opportunity, more energy, more potential down in, uh, I don't know all of Latin America, but definitely in Mexico than there is here. Right. I guess I kind of say in, in Latin America interchangeably, but, you know, I guess I'll stick to Mexico because that's what you know best. But yet, yeah, I mean, tell me about this. Like, I guess for someone that's unfamiliar with Canada and, and the winter and just like how people are, are boring and, and that kind of thing. Give me give me like a good a good spiel on that. Well, especially where I'm from, like a lot of people, when they think of Canada, like they really just think of Toronto. But I mean, there's most of the country is pretty desolate, pretty empty. Uh, so you don't really get out of, out of your bubble, you know, like you, most people, you know, they get married out of high school or close thereabout, and then go work in the trades, go work on the oil fields, go do whatever jobs you can get. And that's pretty much your life. And then you just get drunk and watch hockey most of the, most of the winter. And that's how you get through it. Um, it's not, uh, it's just not, there's not much room for expansion 
out there unless you're just yeah working construction and you own the company like that's pretty much it other than that you're just working and hopefully you start a family and that goes all right but it's uh it just doesn't feel like there's it it, it feels like it's on the decline is what i would say what what makes it feel like that uh just well so when i went down there like for the first round i couldn't believe how it cheap housing was how cheap food was and all that so then i went back to canada and i'm like holy hell how does everyone afford this like this is right when the inflation's hitting everybody Mm. so i go back to canada make my money and i go back down to mexico and everything's you know 20 30 50 percent more expensive than it was the six months i was before i'm like oh damn like all right i guess uh the secret's out about this so I was down there for another six months and I go back to Canada and everything's like loaf of bread, six bucks down. It's like, what the hell am I doing here? You know? And, uh, I mean, you make 25 bucks an hour. It's, it's not going too far. It's hard to, it's hard to save up when like most people are just treading water at this point, especially when you're trying to be an artist. Like that's another fucking waste of money. <laughs> So you think most like the average Canadians really struggling a lot now? I mean, if, if they're not struggling, they're, they're getting by, but it's not, nobody's, it doesn't feel prosperous anymore. It feels like, and maybe that's just the, maybe it's just the, 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 the generation that we have is that we were just so entitled that we're just like, oh yeah, everything will be fine. And, uh, you know, I mean, it is for the most part fine, but it's, it, it doesn't feel like it could be much better than fine for the majority of people. I feel like that, uh, that the gap is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The gap in terms of, of just, um, like who, who has the ability to, to be socially mobile, to like, to afford your mortgage, you know, like to afford food, gas, like everything. Like it's just, it's not affordable. It doesn't feel like a good return on your investment. Like it just feels, I don't know. It doesn't feel like you have much to improve. Like it's just, I mean, it's fine. Like it's fine, but it just doesn't feel like it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sorry to make you the, the spokesperson of the, the downtrodden Canadian. But no, I think I, I think- just did that. I don't think that was prompted <laughs> at all. I think I've just had a pretty rough summer, man. <laughs> no, but I don't I, think I this think is people- how this was supposed to go. At no, all. it's cool. Cause I think, I think people do want to hear this cause I think a lot of people are experiencing this. And, um, in a lot of ways, I think Latin America can provide that, another option that people hadn't considered because as you said, like, unless you really go to Toronto and get a really high paying career there, there's just, or maybe like in the mountains of British Columbia and become a ski bum, there's like really not too many good lifestyles in Canada. And there's not, and the the cost of living is so high that you're really kind of living to work and and this sort of thing. And so it's good to hear because it's, you know, you're kind of saying what a lot of people are thinking and we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. I mean, I think it's interesting. 
I mean, you could honestly just take this whole episode and just put it <laughs> in a dark place somewhere. But yeah, like uh, the way the way I, especially around here is like we've got bad drug problems. Like I've lost a lot of people to overdoses in the last really? couple of years. Oh, big time, big time. And that's the thing. So like I'd go down to Mexico and everyone's like, oh, you're going to die from drugs and all that stuff. And then you go down there and it's like Mexicans don't do drugs. Like they just sell them to us because we're the fucking <laughs> sad degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, this stuff is funny. Like it's dark, saying, it's but like, I mean, it is dark, true. but it's funny. It's dark, but it's funny. Yeah, man, that's just one of the stereotypes that they have is just like you're going to go down to Mexico and like, oh, it's going to be just cocaine following all fall over you i mean you can find it but it's not like anyone's really you know no one like none of my mexican friends do drugs it's like oh i didn't expect that myself even but uh yeah no it's just it's it's dark i mean thunder bay is literally one of the worst places but i mean it's the same like you go anywhere in manitoba you go anywhere in saskatchewan you know alberta any small town right now it's we're just getting destroyed like it's it's bad what do you mean you're getting destroyed? Um, I mean, overdoses, like just fentanyl laced and everything. Um, yeah, it's um, like I said, it, it's, it doesn't feel hopeful here. And I guess this is, yeah, I, this isn't probably your main demographic. Like you have like type A, like salespeople listening to this. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, this is what's going on in the rest of the country. And it's not good. <laughs> it's good because it's a voice that we really haven't had. And it's an honest voice. And I think that's part of what the job of a comedian actually, right, is to kind of talk about, you know, say the the unsayable things or the things that are on everyone's mind. And so Obviously, Ben Bankus did that a little bit. Um, he, he had a, a slightly different perspective, but, you know, and you have a different yeah, perspective. Yeah, because, well, ben, Ben's a Toronto guy. He's a Toronto right? guy. So he has a bit of that white-collar perspective, and you have yeah. that blue-collar perspective. So it is kind of a good yin and yang. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's the same as anywhere in the States, too. Like, you go to Ohio, you go to Maine, you go to Pennsylvania, you like, anywhere in the Midwest, like, you're going to see the same stuff. Like, there's, there's just people on the streets, like tent cities everywhere. Um, like it's people are like, Oh, you're going to a third world country. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm coming from a third world country. <laughs> like this thing's fucking falling apart all around us and nobody's talking about it. We can't even talk about it anymore. Cause our damn pr uh, prime minister made it illegal to share the news on Facebook. So <laughs> like nobody can know anything about what's reality anymore. And it's like, all right, <laughs> I guess we'll just suffer in silence as we always do in this country. <laughs> uh, this is no, this is good. This is good. And so I don't know. What, I didn't what, expect to get this fired up right now. <laughs> no, dude, get as fired up as, as you can, man. This is this is good stuff. Um, and then, so what's the contrast that you're seeing when you're in Mexico? Like people are people are more friendly, having just more fun, fucking vibrant, man. Like even like I'll, I can hang out with like I can hang out with Mexicans that paint, you know, like that are just like they're making I don't know ten dollars a day, but I can have a drink with them, and they're fucking like, oh, you're actually a decent, like you get it. Like I I like that that I can hang out with actual Mexicans, and they're happy. You know, like I just don't I don't see just the happiness to be alive around me. And I get that when I'm down there and mm. I just I love it. I just I love it so much. And uh, yeah, 
don't know. I just think they're great people down there and they really have like good focus on family, um, friendship. Like they really take care of each other. It's good community. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's a nice contrast. This episode of the My Latin Life podcast is brought to you by Language Blend, the new best way to learn Spanish. Language Blend focuses on what you actually need to live and get by abroad with daily one-on-one lessons, a dedicated texting partner. It's like living in a Spanish-speaking country without ever leaving home. Go to languageblend.com for more information. Yeah, no, I mean, that's one of the big things for me is I, I really feel like I, I feel more alive. And I guess that's because other people, you know, you get that energy from other people because they have that energy, right? Exactly. And it, like in the circle that you guys are, are in, like by that, I mean you, Stephen, I know um, my buddy Adam Palmeter I met in, uh, in uh, Playa del Carmen too, doing comedy with him. Mm-hmm. It's like very entrepreneurial uh, you know, independent, but entrepreneurial. Uh, well, I guess that's kind of similar and, um, just focused and, and like, there's, you can learn a lot from the people you meet down there because they're, they're living a life that like, I'm like, shit, I should have been building this life 10 years ago. You know, what do you mean by that? Just, um, well, I wish I had like, you know, the sales skills or anything to work online. Like, that seems like the key right now. Like I can't move to Mexico and paint. Like I'm not going to be able to undercut like a Mexican contractor in anything. So I pretty much have to come back here, work, save money, and then go down there and hopefully use my time to meet the right people and learn the right things. And one day hopefully have an opportunity to be able to stay down there. Mm-hmm. So, or I could just t- try to get good at comedy, which is fucking even harder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's tough to to make pay, and, and which I get. Tell me, so tell me about the comedy. You know, you've been doing comedy since 2017, mm-hmm. um, so you've been doing comedy for a while. So I guess you started in Canada and decided, you know, I'm gonna keep it going in Mexico. Tell me about, uh, tell me about uh, how how some of your sets went starting have you like toured canada or anything like have you or just like kind of doing um i not like formally tour i kind of just take myself to other scenes and then uh like i lived in victoria bc for a couple of years mm-hmm. uh which is very different scene than where i'm from like victoria is very you know liberal um they're it's a very different style of comedy <laughs> like coming where I came, came from. Like I had to definitely change a lot of how I deliver jokes and write Less jokes. crude. <laughs> yeah. They, they weren't appreciating a lot of what I was getting away with back home. <laughs> I get it. I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done that. I've, I've done, you know, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, uh, you know, a few shows in Saskatoon. Haven't been anywhere further east than uh than toronto but uh i the east coast is awesome i've been there before i just before i did comedy that'd be another cool. nice place to be so, so you did some comedy different cities in canada you've um you know refined your technique over a number of years um and then so bringing it to mexico obviously you couldn't use the same material 
in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, in a lot of, of ways. Come, yeah, you, you had to, to come refine up with it. New material. Sure, and I mean it. It gave me a lot of material down there too. Just, just like I was a fish out of water, right? Like I moved down there with no knowledge of the country, no knowledge of the culture, no 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 knowledge of the language. So I was just kind of like treading water for a while there. And uh, yeah, you learn a lot of lessons that way pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, you learn that uh, money definitely talks in Mexico, but uh, you end up wasting a lot of it by, uh, you know, kind of getting scammed and conned and stuff. But do you fall you know, for anything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I fell for a lot of stuff. I mean, even just getting robbed by the cops, like the first few times, like I was just like, okay, please don't fucking do anything to me. Now I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> you know, it's but like, you know, you're scared little gringo, like away from home. And you're like, oh, I don't want to go to Mexican prison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, how else by the way, this scared? by the way for the listener, it happens more in Ply than anywhere else. Don't oh don't Ply, yeah, it. for sure. Actually, uh, I got it in Mexico City, but I definitely I look like a tourist. Like no matter where I go, I'm gonna look like a tourist. Have you done uh, comedy in Mexico City as well? Then yeah, yeah, I did. Did you go? Because I did uh, one time uh, earlier this year uh, when I was in Mexico City. Steven, Steven Steers invited me out to, to do a stand-up comedy open mic on, at a place, I think it's called El Viajero. Um, mm, I don't did, think I did that one. I think it's called something like that. It's like a tiny bar, tiny, tiny bar. Where did like you... super tiny? Like it was like, there's so a couple super... that were small that was like just like on a side street and it was like maybe a 10-seater kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well... I think it was called El Viajero. It was like a cafe. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I might have been to that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was cool. I had never done stand up comedy. And originally I thought I would go and listen, but the, almost the expectation that everyone there had to like go up and do a routine. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go up and like. I mean, it's low prepared. stakes. And I. Listen, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was low stakes. So I went up. I went up there. I ripped to five minutes. Um, obviously, you got a little stage fright. You know, it was. Um, oh, tell me how that was. Well, like, do you, you remember the whole thing? I do remember the whole thing just because well, it wasn't that long ago. And oh. <laughs> I, I did not come with any material prepared. Obviously, I'm aware that most comedians kind of have like a five minute that they're ready to de- deliver at the drop of a hat. Um, mm-hmm. I basically just came in and, and freestyled it and, uh, it went all right. You know, got some laughs. I, I kind of said like some shocking stuff <laughs> and, and the audience is like pretty, it was like half Mexican, half gringo, I guess. Yeah. And I said some stuff that was like, I guess pretty offensive, um, <laughs> but like in a funny way, but still like pretty offensive. But I honestly, I think it, I think it went well. Yeah. You, you learn to tell the line as you do it more often, but, uh, how long did you last up there? Uh, I did. You know what I did? I, I think I did uh, end my set like a minute early. I, I was just like, I would have been it, it's, it goes slow. <laughs> <laughs> it goes slow. But I, I've always had a, um affinity for comedy, but, um, you know, haven't, haven't made too much 
of a, a step in that direction. But now I'm friends with all the gringo in Latin America comedians, seemingly. So that's a good start. And that's a nice thing. Like comedy, like you're going to meet all the comedians so quickly. Like in, in my first two years of doing comedy, I met basically almost every Canadian headliner in the country. And it's like, you see them on TV all the time. You're like, oh yeah, I know that guy. He's, he's a nice guy or he's an asshole. You know, it's like you actually get to know everybody quick. Cause it's, it is such a, a small community. Like not too many people have the balls to go and just go up there. Regardless of how many times you do it, even just doing it once is that's the hardest part. So where was your first time doing comedy in Mexico? Was it in Playa or Mexico city? Uh, first time was actually in Tulum. It was okay. in, uh, yeah, it was in the, it was in the lobby of a hostel, like a vegan <laughs> hostel, another place that like it's, yeah, it's not my crowd, but I did learn to adjust to it. Um, and then uh, yeah, I basically kind of just did a little, I could do a run where I was doing, and this is back when all the bars in Canada were closed down. So you couldn't do anything in Canada. So I was doing about three or four shows a week between Playa del Carmen and Tulum. And uh, yeah, it was, I was very lucky to be able to do it. And I really got unlimited stage time down there because there wasn't, I mean, it's maybe five comics there. So I got to work on a lot of stuff. It was nice. And how did it go? Oh, the first one was bad you know and that's that's way it is a lot of times when you're in a place that you don't know like especially my style of comedy is is it does well with chaos it doesn't do well <laughs> in like a vegan lobby you know <laughs> or like a coffee shop like those kinds of places where people are just like actually just listening to you soberly i don't thrive in that situation uh, so I did better in Playa for sure, but, uh, I still appreciate it. And what's the difference? What's the difference between chaos comedy and, uh, sane, um, sane comedy, <laughs> yeah, sane <laughs> button down comedy. I don't know. It's just, I like, uh, it's, it's the energy the crowd gives you back really in, and yeah. And those, in those like quiet little ones, it's like, okay, I've got to provide the energy. And if I'm doing that, sometimes I get nervous and like crowds are like, are like pack animals, man. Like they, if you give them fear, they are just going to, they're just going to launch at you. And, uh, yeah, you gotta be able to be the leader of the pack. And if you're not given that energy, they are going to turn on you pretty quickly. What does it mean when an audience turns on you? Oh, you feel it. There's a shift. So um, pretty much within the first 30 seconds of doing a show, unless you're like a real veteran pro comic that has done, you know, their 10,000 hours or whatever, like you're going to feel it in the thir first 30 seconds, whether these people hate you or not. And from there, you can try to dig your way out of it. And if you can, I mean, you did a great job, but most of the time you're just going to bomb so hard. And that five minutes is going to turn into 30 minutes in your head. And that silence is just going to kill you. <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah, when you're doing well in comedy, like that time blows by. When you're bombing, it's like real PTSD stuff. Hmm. And don't because you're really like so dependent on good reactions, and you're really like like would you say like every comedy comedian is seeking for rapport, or do you think there are comedians that can go up there and be? you know, listen to the audience and work with the audience, but ultimately be like, you know what? I don't care if you like me or not. I mean, there's so many different styles, right? And like, there's uh there's people that like, they, they want you to hate them. Like I know guys that can, that can enjoy that. But I mean, me, I don't know what kind of, you know, uh, family issues I had that makes me seek <laughs> approval all the time. But <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> If everyone's not approving of me, I get I get feeling pretty bad about myself pretty quickly up there. But, I mean, that's a skill you got to work on. But it's like different styles. Like a lot of people, like there's rooms that, I mean, I can go into a small town legion in the middle of nowhere and I can kill there where there's people that are really good comics in Toronto. Well, they'll just die because it's just not relatable. They don't like your style. They don't like your presence. It's it's that's when you know a pro is really good is when they can do every room and kill because that is such a hard skill to learn you just got to have different gears different methods different ways of reaching people it's a it's a psychology game it's a it's it's i mean writing's a lot of it but i mean it's 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 group psychology sociology your, your brain's running, your brain's running like four different programs at once when you're up there. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if you hear drumming in the background of my audio, but I live like right by a park and there's some sort of event. I'm not sure. Nice. <laughs> is, it, is it affecting the audio? I don't hear it, but okay, good. it's affecting you apparently. <laughs> no, no, I don't care. I mean, it's been, it's actually been drumming for like 20 minutes. Um, oh no, I haven't heard it at all. Okay, good, good, good. Um, tell me about what comedy you would run at the Legion. So a Legion is like a, a veterans association where they have cheap beer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just do what I do. <laughs> they generally like it unless it's a super old crowd. But if it's a super old crowd, I know what I can get away with there. And it's usually a little bit more racial. Uh, <laughs> they're good with that. Um, it's, it's the stuff I wouldn't be able to do in Victoria, but I could do it. And, you know, any any town of 3000 population, I think it'll be fine there. Um I don't want to say that's my brand. <laughs> it's not my brand. I can just do that because that's kind of where I'm from. Um, but uh, it's uh, there's not an, a real infrastructure for comedy. I mean, in Mexico, it's like super, super young, especially English comedy, like super, super young. But in Canada, it's just um, it's so everything's so far spread out that uh to tour across Canada, you've got to hit so many small little towns just to like pay for the gas money to make it all work. Mm -hmm. So you, you like, like I said, like it's, if you're going from Toronto to Winnipeg, I mean, you're, that's two days of driving. Like you have to stop in Thunder Bay. Nobody wants to do that, but you're <laughs> going to have to do it. <laughs> and it's not going to be what you think it is. And, uh, we do have a lot more guys coming up now because we got, 
we've got one guy in town that's been doing some good shows with uh, with some pros down in Toronto, and uh, he's bringing up a lot of good talent here, and it's it's making everyone else better. Uh, it's make yeah, even the pros. I mean, they're having to use all their gears on, on some shows, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's work. But uh, yeah, it, it the this the infrastructure for comedy, like Ben said it on his on his uh, podcast is basically if you want professional stage time, there's only one place you can go and that's yuck yucks. They have like the, a monopoly on it. Uh, so everything kind of runs through them and they've got their contract structured where they kind of have control of most of what goes on. So anyone that's, that can make it in Canada and you see this a lot, like a, f- a few guys that came up through here, like uh, Ryan long, he, he came up to Thunder Bay when I first started, he was, he was maybe the second show I ever opened for. And right away, I'm just like, this guy's a killer. Like he's, he's gotta be something. So the second he moved from Toronto to New York, all of a sudden he's got this, like, I don't know what his podcast ranks, but it's massive now he's over in he's doing shows in Oslo and you know you know London selling out shows there it's like anyone that can make it in Canada the second they get that visa to work in the states they usually just kill everybody down there why is that it's just a pressure cooker like there's only one avenue and if you can if you can break down that plus he he leveraged the internet very well did a very good job with his sketches and uh, you know, he, he's very good with the street interviews and his podcast is fantastic and his comedy is great. He's got all the tools in the kit. So, I mean, he, I don't, I don't know what his situation was in Toronto. I'm sure he was getting by, but I'm sure he's doing much better now that he's in Toronto or, or in New York or wherever he is. But mm. you see that like once you, once you, are able to be good enough to get that visa to go to the States. Like you're already a killer. That's why, I mean, Canadians are good comedians. Like you put Toronto, like Toronto comedians go anywhere in the world and they will take over that scene. Cause it is, it's just so much talent and there's nowhere for them to go. So they just have to just keep grinding and grinding and grinding. Hmm. Wow. I guess uh, good. I guess it's not just rappers and Justin Bieber. It extends to <laughs> com- comedians no. as well. I don't know. This what? isn't isn't very Latin at all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool to talk about comedy as well. Um, I I just wanted to get you off of talking about fentanyl. No, fair enough. I go back. It's <laughs> all I think about some days. <laughs> Have you ever tried it? No, I haven't done fentanyl. <laughs> if I if I ever do heroin, you will never hear from me again. I know for a fact. It looks really nice. <laughs> Honestly, I do think the, you know, it it is a good narrative just talking about how the average Canadian um feels like things have changed and they no longer have the opportunity to own a home. They feel like they're really scraping to get by in terms of grocery prices and the sky high cost of living. The cost of rent is high. The competition to even rent a place is crazy. Maybe you've seen those videos where there's no, like, it's insane. like 100 people lining up just to like 
view an apartment rental. Yeah, like yeah, people are now bidding on renting, not like not bidding on buying a house, like bidding on renting a house. Bidding on renting, um, and so I think a lot of Canadians are of all ages are deciding that you know maybe it's just not for them anymore. I saw, I saw this one. I think I think it's like a whole genre of like reels now. It's like a whole genre of like I don't even know what you would call it. Like oh, where they go and they they show like a property and they'll be like, and this is what it's going to cost and that. And it's like a little bit of that. There's ones where it's just, yeah, the ones where it's just like people in their car complaining about how they can never own a home. Or I saw this one older guy, he had had like white hair and he was like, um, he's like, you know what? Canada's just not for us anymore. I'm thinking about Colombia. I'm thinking about Argentina. And he was like a family guy. You know what I mean? No, I know. Like that's, um, it's ever since I went and went down, like that's been on my mind, like not in the back of my mind, like it's right in the front of my mind. It's like, I don't know if I want to be investing in this economy, in this country. Like it's just, it's, it doesn't feel like a good investment anymore. And I think like we have like so many immigrants coming in here and I, they must be thinking like, is it really that bad back home? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it's tough. It's tough for anyone right now. And like I can like I can afford to live in Mexico. I cannot really. I can I can't afford to live, especially on my own. Like I don't want to have to get married just so I can get two incomes to pay a mortgage. Like sounds like twice the trap it needs to be. <laughs> What what percentage of Canadians are like splitting rent with their girlfriends? Um, if you had to every guess. single person I know, who am I trying? To, I know like my boss; he's divorced. He still has his house. That's so good for him. Um, trying to think of anyone um like i don't even i don't even rent like i just bounce between couches that people let me stay on um seriously oh yeah no i'm i'm technically homeless yeah (laughs) it's just it's how i can save money man like i don't i'm not staying here so i might as well Well, what are your buddies saying they're like dude like i'm paying 2500 a month like what are we doing here oh no like they're 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 gonna start charging for that couch I'd give him money if I needed to, but no, everyone's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it's people that like, I've got good friends that like have houses. They own houses. They're like, you mm-hmm. can come stay with me. I'm like, all right, cool. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm, just, I'm a good hangout, you know, I don't you're, cause problems. You're a good hang. You're a good hang. Yep. No, I kind of just wanted to give you more runway to like give a spiel on, you know, how. Yeah. Canada's, guide me, please. How. <laughs> How, you know, Canada's changed, the opportunity set kind of sucks, six months of winter, maybe that's nine months of winter in Thunder Bay sucks, and, you know, moving to Mexico, open your eyes, sunlight, vitamin D, everyone's happy, reggaeton music, good parties, feeling alive, and why would I ever go back to Canada and pay $2,500 a month rent uh, for, you know, to live somewhere depressing and something like that. I don't know, you just made me want to go back right now. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so what used to be like just a one-bedroom basement apartment, you could get here for about 500 bucks. 
Now that's going to be mm, between a grand, 1200, maybe 800 if you go somewhere real sketchy. So, I mean, you could, you could afford it, but I mean, once again, like it's, it's just not nice, right? For that same, like for a thousand bucks, I can live in Playa del Carmen, like five minute walk from the beach. I've got all these cool people from all over the world, like endless, endless opportunities to meet interesting people, you know, learn new things, all that stuff. And I mean, it's the same price. Like once you factor in food and all that, it's really the same price. What's the, what's the same price? The the basement in Thunder Bay compared to the, yeah. Once you factor in the modern food. apartment, and plus you can walk in Mexico. Like you can, you can, they've collectivos. Like they've got like their fun little you know affordable infrastructure there. Here it's like if you don't have a car, like you are, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Car um, ownerships, another thing keeping people down. I think. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, especially with gas. Uh, okay, let's try. Okay, let me try to be articulate instead of just fucking venting about this all shit. Um, I mean, you can afford you can afford to have a house, like mortgage wise, if you if you're willing to just work. Like that's all all it can be. You, if you have a family, you're really that's all it is. Which, I mean, I guess that's life, like, for a lot of people. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's how much do you want to trade your, your comfort for experience, I guess. And I, I mean, maybe it's just me personally. Like, I just, I couldn't do that. I don't want that. I, for other people, I guess it's fine. I don't know. Hey, guys, quick interruption to tell you about Bit Refill. BitRefill is the best way to convert your crypto into gift card balances. These are gift cards that you can spend at Hotels.com, Airbnb, Nike, and many more. You may remember Joel Valenzuela, previous podcast guest. He's been living on crypto exclusively since 2015, and he's a big consumer of BitRefill. And so I asked Joel, I said, what do you like most about BitRefill? He said that he likes the instant delivery the precise amount so that you don't have to juggle a lot of gift cards. And he loves the global selection. Nobody else has this much selection of gift cards, over 10,000 gift card options across hundreds of countries. Go to bitrefill.com to sign up. And you can also use the code MyLatinLife for 10% back off your first purchase. Go to bitrefill.com for more information. Yeah, well, I guess just to dig a little bit deeper on Thunder Bay versus Playa del Carmen, which to me sounds like a no-brainer, right, in terms of a, a pretty good move, or Thunder Bay to, to Mexico in general. Um, it, are you trying to make it like your number one priority in life to get back to Mexico, find a way to work online, keep it going? Because, you know, you, I guess you're working in Canada this whole summer, you save some money. But now, hopefully, the idea is you don't want to go back in April, May of next year, and maybe you could use this time, this next, you know, five, six months that you have the winter to learn an online skill and get to a point where you have location independence and keep it going. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I've been spending the past couple winters. Like I've got friends that are, you know, good at online sales. I've got friends that are good at coding. Like 
They've been trying to teach me these skill sets. I'm kind of stupid. I'm not going to lie. A lot of the stuff is me getting in my own way. But uh, it's uh, I, I perfect vision for me is I would love to like move down to Toronto and then just be able to use all my friends I have. I got my friends in Mexico City. I've got my friends in Cancun to be able to just like create a network where you bring these like like I said, like there's killers, absolute killers in Toronto that can't go anywhere. But if you have this infrastructure where like I mean $300 for a flight down to Cancun and then $100 from Cancun to Mexico City, you could start a pretty good run there where you could build a good scene. I mean, that's kind of my perfect vision because I think, I mean, is if Mexico in general just keeps getting this influx of English speakers, they're going to want English entertainment. And uh, I think there's an opportunity to build uh, build a pretty good scene there because, I mean, Mexico City is mm. like, that's a, that's a world city. That is, it's so unique and just so fast paced and just so cool. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I might think I'm mute because there's like literally a parade passing by. (laughs) That's the thing. Yeah, there's always a parade going downtown there. Yeah, I am in Mexico where, yes, uh, people have the right to make noise. Whereas if someone made the equivalent amount of noise in Canada, the police would have already been called. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no chance. So I, I think the freedom is kind of a cool thing. Like, is there anything that you noticed about the freedom and about how like laws were different or just like the way, you know what I mean? Like the ability oh, yeah. to make noise or, you know, to drink in a taxi or like all these things, right? These little freedoms, you know, smoke a cigarette on a patio. Uh, these like little freedoms that make you be like, oh yeah, I forgot we like took away people's freedom, you know? Yeah, that's true. You do forget about all the stuff that's been whittled back over the past few decades that are still around in, yeah, like Latin America in general. Although they did, uh, they did ban smoking in public in Playa del Carmen when I was there. But really? uh, yeah, like you weren't, I mean, good luck enforcing that. I mean, it's just another thing for the I think police just to the, shake maybe just, on, down. maybe just on fifth, but yeah, that's, it definitely just sounds like a shakedown. No, man, you couldn't have them, couldn't smoke in restaurants. Really? Yeah. Surprising. I mean, they'd let you if they knew you, but you're not, yeah. They passed a bylaw, which was kind of, uh, I mean, it was weird to everybody. They're like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) It's like what we're here for. I, I think a lot of people battle with this. Like, you know, how do we find you something to do online so that you can stay in the winter and keep the, keep the bank account going up instead of going down, living off savings. I think I got to listen to more of your podcasts. Cause it sounds like you've got <laughs> a lot of smart people that have actually been able to do this. Um, but like, that's, that's what I mean. Like even just, just being there for the two, two winters, like this would have never even crossed my mind. Like, just being uh, on my that's own. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like this wasn't even an option. That's the thing. It's not even an option to any people I know. They don't understand. Well, well I mean, we're troglodytes up here. Like we, we, I mean, we don't understand tech at all. Like big cities. Yeah. You guys are, 
you guys have that, but like for us, that's not even, it's not even something anybody thinks about. Mm. Yeah. That's definitely one of the benefits of travel, right? Is you get to meet different people, different worldviews, different, uh, opportunity sets. And, and that way you can see like, Oh, it's possible to make money online. Right. Yeah. Like I didn't like, luckily like then that's the other thing about comedy is like once, once you do comedy, meet comedians, and you guys are like, it's a brotherhood immediately. Like you're all similar people. I mean, doesn't matter your background or whatever. You guys just have a, we all have a different way of looking at things. And uh, yeah, like I just met guys that make money in tech. And it's like, I, there's nobody I know in three degrees of separation that makes money in tech. Like I just don't know anyone doing that. So it, it just to even get that exposure is, is worth is worth just hanging out in these expat communities. Really, that, that surprises me because, you know, everywhere in North America, people just have arts degrees these days and have no skills. But I guess in Thunder Bay, arts degree isn't getting you too far. And most people really ended up Mm-mm. getting a skill, whether it be something, probably something to do with construction in some way or another or, or natural resources. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just using Thunder Bay because that's where I'm from and that's what I know. But it's like small town america small town canada like just anywhere that it's not you know like that doesn't have corporate headquarters there or anything like that it's like you you're probably gonna have to work trades or real shitty retail jobs you know just dead end stuff right like that's what that's what i (laughs) what what store the the bell store the rogers store oh yeah yeah the trades well, so they, they get people, benefits how, <laughs> yeah. so how, how much are people actually making in the trades up in thunder bay uh i mean starting off apprentice wise probably 25 dollars an hour uh they just bump minimum wage up to 17 so that's really not that great anymore um and then you know once you finally get your journeyman stuff like a journeyman contractor is probably making 45 dollars an hour I mean, okay. that's, and if you and that's, made that a month salary, what is that like a that month, 10 K a month or less? Mm, not less. 10 K. You're probably making about 80 grand a year that way. 80 grand a year. Yeah. A lot of people will do, um, like they'll go out to the oil fields and yeah. just, that's hellish work, you know, and yeah, yeah, but that's you'll make crazy. Yeah. So, so you're making 80 grand there. a year in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, government takes me. I'm not, I wish. 30, 30% uh, goes to taxes roughly. Yep. So take home, how much are you making a month? Like 4,500, something like that? The average person. Mm, okay, let me do the quick math. Yeah, it sounds about right. About 4,500. About 4,500. Cars, 1,000 a month? Mm, it's costing me about 100 bucks a week in gas. And then insurance, probably about 100 bucks a month. So it's about eh, 500 there. Yeah. 500 a month to and then maintain. the car note or whatever. But yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'd, yeah. If you had to take a lo- like a loan for it, fuck those are high interest rates. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then, and then rent, never mind. And then rent. Goodbye. There's another hundred. There you go. Minimum. So yeah. What are you stacking in your savings? So you're left with what? Like thousand, thousand five hundred. And we haven't even talked about food yet. Yeah. We'll call it $1,500. Yep. Like I'm telling you, like, it's like 
treading water. It's not, it's not what it used to be. What's food per month? Like including restaurants a a little bit and like fast food, 700 a month, probably a bit more. It's yeah, it's getting up there. It used to be like, you could get away with 400 bucks a month, like three, four years ago. Now it's probably, yeah, 700, 700 a month. So, you know, you're, you're really left with what, like 500 bucks, less yeah. than a thousand bucks a month savings. And you're going to be spending that on booze. <laughs> <laughs> and hockey tickets to the junior B or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Never mind and if you have kids or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, man. Like put them in a, I'm telling you, in I'm, a I'm, hockey I'm league. I'm worried. I'm worried for my friends. They're like, they just got married and all this stuff. Like, thank God they have two good jobs, but like. As soon as you throw kids into that mix, it's it all goes away pretty quickly. That's why no one's having kids. No one's having kids. It's like, that's why we have to get like, how old are you? The immigration. I'm 32 now. 32. How many? Like, what per- percentage of your friends have kids? Um, of my close circle, none. None. Like I'd say I have like 10 close friends. No, I wouldn't say a single one. Okay. I'll go with my comedy community. Cause I've got, uh, we got like 10 good solid comedians up here. Uh, two of them have families. Okay. And then like people that you worked with people from your high school, like, I mean the person, I mean, I mean some of them like that. It, it depends on like, how poor you are. Sometimes you just have kids for the, for the tax benefits alone. But, uh, <laughs> that is, that is, it is fun. It's not funny, but it's funny, but that is kind of an industry up here. <laughs> no. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. Quick break from the podcast to tell you about language blend, the best new way to learn Spanish language blend was co-founded by Jake Nomada, friend of the podcast, decade of experience in Latin America, and Jake and his team, they put everything into this program that they wish they had in terms of how to level up quickly with your Spanish language skills. Because the faster that you can get conversationally fluent in Spanish, the better the experience that you're going to have in Latin America. So go to languageblend.com for more information. Yeah. True. Oh my God. Sounds like the American South. And then, um, oh no, no, like, like this is Alabama with snow. Like that's where I'm from. <laughs> like that's the best way I can describe <laughs> this shit is like Alberta's Texas, um, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, like who the fuck cares? So that's probably like the Dakotas. I mean, yeah. And then, yeah, this is like backwoods. So backwards you're saving the amount of money. Like you can never get rich saving a thousand dollars a month. You can never buy a home saving a thousand dollars a month um unless you get like a a mortgage with well you you have to yeah the mortgage has to become the rent yeah yeah but even still i mean and so you're really never gonna get to financial freedom on 80k canadian living in canada it's just the math does not work out right no it's like i mean okay so that's like the whole you know, socialism thing, right? Where people are like, ah, I don't know about that. It's like, that is where it is. It's like all your money's going to taxes, right? Like, and so what are you getting back for it? Free healthcare? Nah, that's gone to shit. Um, education system? That's gone to shit. Um, I mean, you just, you don't get anything for what you're putting in anymore. 
Like that's just I, that's what I see. I, I like the, the 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 declining population. I mean, that's why we have to take in so many immigrants, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. And please, Mexico, take me in as an immigrant. But uh, like that's just that's how we've had to replenish our population because it's just it's just a bad deal to just have a family up here now. Like it's, it's, it's desolate. And it's a bad deal just because it's unaffordable or is it a bad deal for other reasons as well? Well, that's tough. Like, I mean, I think that, I think that birth rates are kind of dropping everywhere, like in the first world, right? so-called um so i don't think it's just a unique issue here i think it's it's everywhere um i I guess that is what happens to fully developed nations or however we categorize shit but uh, maybe that might just be a cop-out because it's getting like extremely low i think i saw for natural born canadians or something it was like 1.1 or 1.2 like it's so far below yeah, you can't replace. It's like, yeah. it's like Japan levels bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's and do you think the reason is just because people aren't making enough money to have kids? Or do you think that there are other reasons too? I'm trying to think of back when people did have a lot of kids. And I mean, it's not money because people had kids during the depression. You know, I think so. I mean we got to figure technology is playing a lot into it. Um, and it's just, um, I mean, I don't want to get like too much about all that, but I, I would say social media has kind of turned everyone away from family. Right. Now it's just kind of, well, you know, self-centeredness and you know, this is just what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying I'm innocent of that either, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about anything, really. I just talk. But I think I you think know, that's cool. probably. And and then so it makes me think, like, why stay in Thunder Bay? Like, obviously, you've kind of. Because um, I'm stupid. Well, I keep saying this. <laughs> no, well, you're kind of you're waking up and we're trying to wake up the audience, too. It's just like, you know, if it's depressing and you don't see the sun and everyone looks lifeless and you're not even making money, it's like you're not even making money for the sacrifice that you're making. Like if you were sacrificing with the ultimate goal of, you know, financial freedom, cool. Like I, I get sacrificing for a couple of years, whatever, but it, it almost feels like Canadians are sacrificing, but there's nothing really at the end of the, at the finish line there waiting for us. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what anyone expects. Like, I just feel like everyone's just treading water, going through the motions and it's, there's just, I don't know, like my, myself, like if I didn't just take this stupid risk of moving down to a quote unquote third world country and seeing that there's different options to live, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know it. It's like, um, I don't know if that's like Plato's cave allegory or whatever, but like you only see what's in front of you. And if you don't, you know, expand your horizons and perspective, you're never going to see anything else. I don't know. I guess that maybe that's what I'm trying to do with all this is just being like, just take a fucking chance. If you're not happy with your life, just fucking take a chance and see what happens. Cause it's probably not going to be as bad as you think it is. 
everyone catastrophizes catastrophizes everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's well said. Yeah, not much to lose. Take the risk. Yeah, it's almost like the small town people. It sounds bad to say it like that way, but I'll say it. We're fucking. It sounds like small town people actually have even more reason to make the jump right into location independence because at least people in like a big financial center there's kind of like opportunities with you know like finance and fashion and uh whatever the arts and all these different things but people from small towns with like a more limited opportunity set obviously there's benefits of of a small town as well you get people get to know you you walk down the streets like hey hi what's going on um but yeah it's like a lot of those opportunities and just the, the the life isn't like what it used to be in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Also, like, I'm not, like, a, a big outdoorsy guy. Like, that is one of the nice – like, if you like fishing and hunting, like, yeah, it's great here. But if that's all you want, then that's fine. But I, I don't know. I, it's just not for me. I'm very glad that I've been able to meet all these people that are, you know, entrepreneurial thinking differently it's really it's inspired me i mean it's really you know made me think about like jesus like we've really set ourselves back a few few years here myself but uh at least i've figured or starting to figure it out waking up right Mm -hmm. have you started to become of a bit of an evangelist yourself and try to evangelize your friends back home and say like look man you got to come down to playa blah 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 oh i'd love them to come but like yeah they I think, yeah, it's probably risk aversion. I think that's what it, it is. It's like nobody nobody wants to take the risks, and if you're not going to take risks, then you're not going to get rewards, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just I, I don't know. Maybe I have a, a, a perspective that's unique in this area where it's just like I, I don't know if this is. It's, it's true. People are afraid of the unknown. People are yeah. afraid of the unknown. But I, th- I think that's, you know, one of the goals of what we're doing with the podcast and the Twitter is just kind of wake people up. Oh, your up Twitter, your Twitter is so funny, man. I was I was just going through your Twitter account. It's so funny. <laughs> tell me, tell me, make me feel good. <laughs> no, genuinely, it's great. Yeah, you should you should probably try a little more comedy. Like you, you got the eye for it. I think I do have the eye. I think I do have the eye. <laughs> I'm living in a town where no one speaks English, so I'll have to do true comedy in Spanish, which I which I also think I could do. I think Maybe. that's I think that's very cool. I wish I, I wish I knew Spanish because uh, like even the Spanish comedy, Spanish comedy is so different though. It is. It's it's so much more like cartoonish. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. I oh think yeah. That, I think you have more license to be raw, the same way that. Oh yeah, English English comedy is you know California Victoria BC comedy where I think in all English comedy you really have to watch where you say what you say more, but I think you can get a, get away with a little bit more. Uh, but even then, comedy. I still think that's just what what they make you think. You know, it's just like <laughs> it's yeah, like maybe. well, yeah, this isn't going to trick the algorithm. Like a, a lot of the people I'm seeing that are like making it on YouTube and and Instagram. I'm like, this really isn't comedy. This is you playing a video clip and then there's just your face in the corner and you're like borderline not even commentating on it. And somehow this has a million views. Like, I, I don't know if that's comedy, <laughs> Like, I, but I think like actual stand up comedy, like you can 
you can still get away with a lot. I know we've been kind of like flipping back and forth between talking about the art of comedy and the the plight of the average Canadian, but it's been a, it's been a fun conversation, you know, weaving weaving the two topics with you. Uh, so, Trevor, what's the game plan? Are you are you posting it up in Playa all winter? No, no, I don't think I'll do Playa. Um, I think the game plan right now for me is I've, well, I've still got work, so I'll make my money until I can't. So probably January or so. And then, uh, yeah, I'm either I'm probably going to try and move down to Toronto. Um, I have family down in the area, so hopefully they'll let me stay on their couch. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, those fucking three hundred dollar flights to Cancun sound pretty nice. And then, uh, yeah, no, I'll definitely be in Mexico City uh, just to I got Steven and, and a bunch of other friends there that that are pretty ambitious with comedy, at least. uh at least give that a shot and hopefully make some nice shows with them. Uh, just, you know, keep working on the craft, but yeah, I think, I think Toronto's the play just because of how good the pros are down there and you can learn so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can uh, turn this into a thing that the latest genre of comedy, cringy, cringy, uh, gringos, uh, making fun of the cultural differences between, North America and Latin America. I mean, I, that's kind of what I do on Twitter in a way, but I think uh, it, it can come alive in a different way in, um, in, in stand-up comedy format. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing more of it. So please, please be recording your shows and recording your sets. Put those up online. I'm sure they'll do well. I'm ver- I'm- yeah, I'm, I'm bad for that. That's another, that's another thing, right? You got to risk it. And I just know. Use a fake name if you have to. Yeah, I'll just like go by Carrot name. Top. <laughs> top. Use a stage name. Uh, use a stage name of some kind. Um, but I, I, I watched uh, a little bit of your stuff, and uh, I thought it was funny. And it'll, it'll, it'll do, it'll do well. It'll do well. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So yeah, man, looking forward to it. Uh, keep me updated with your plans when you're in Mexico. And um, yeah, I guess uh, use this time to direct the audience uh to you know any, anything you'd like to direct the audience to uh follow me on instagram at trevor green comedy uh, i guess that's pretty much all i gotta plug i should probably put more stuff up on there <laughs> but uh yeah that'll come eventually but give me those follows so then i feel like doing it yes yes follow trevor dm him say that you know me or that you know my Latin life. So it looks like you know, I'm looking at your thing now, it looks like you know uh, this British girl that lives in Playa that runs comedy nights and trivia nights. What's her name again? Oh, Laura. Laura. You know Laura. Yeah, I know Laura. I don't know her well, yeah. There you go. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Um, cool. Well, yeah, guys. Um, you know, link will be in the show notes to Trevor's comedy page. Give him a shout encourage him to keep going because i would love to see more of this gringos and latin america comedy i think it's a good little sub niche there all right man thanks for having me really appreciate it absolutely so this has been another episode of the my latin life podcast again my guest today trevor green comedy thanks everyone for listening